0: Welcome to season two of the Therapist of Millions podcast where we get under the skin and into the brains of leading therapists and coaches from around the globe to find out what makes them tick and how they are helping those on the front lines of mental health around the world. Hello and welcome to the Therapist to Millions weekly podcast where we get into the brains and under the skin of the best and leading therapists all around the world. And all the way today from Florida, we've got Karen Koenig, who is a licensed psychotherapist, motivational speaker and international award winning eight book author. She is prolific, who has specialized in the field of compulsive, emotional and restrictive eating for more than 30 years. She's based in Sarasota in Florida. She is the co-founder of the Greater Boston Collaborative for Body Image and Eating Disorders. And as a writer, her essays and articles have appeared in a multitude of publications, including the Boston Globe and the Boston Herald. And she's been quoted in the Wall Street Journal, no less, and Women's Health, amongst others, and has had her books translated into, get this, 10 foreign languages. Karen, a huge welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm well. I'm well. Thank you. I'm delighted to meet you both. Mm-hmm. Well, we Thank cannot wait to, to
0: dive into, uh, your prolific writing. Uh, but let's start with, uh, obviously, you know, the type of therapy that you practice and, and what's the background. How did you get into that? Well, uh, it's a, a personal story
1: because I had, I was a chronic dieter since I was little. I was, uh, I deprived myself of food and, um, then I would over binge and, um, I did that through my twenties and finally got into therapy after I was bulimic for about a year and a half. And um, now I'm half a lifetime. I'm 76. I just turned 76. I'm half a lifetime recovered. And uh, I went back to social work school to learn how to teach others to do the same thing.
0: Fantastic.
2: Yeah, that's exciting. So it sounds like you've had a lot of life experiences that have shaped your work as a therapist. Are there any specific experiences that you want to share with us that have um, that have contributed to your work and where you are well, today? I, I, I would say,
1: um, this is a funny story. When I was at camp, I don't know, I was maybe a teenager and I barely remember it, but people remember it. if you were in camp with me, I would sit on the back step And people would wait to talk to me, teenagers. I have no idea why. Believe me, I was not that wise, but I must have been wiser than them. And, um, I dispensed advice. So I, you know, I sort of think I must have been meant to be a a therapist. I was a, an elementary school teacher, a copywriter, a traffic manager. I mean, I did lots of other things. Um, and then I went back to school late. You know, I was was about 40.
0: Hmm. So give us a little bit of a description about the type of therapies that you practice, the type of modalities and techniques that you use.
1: I used to say I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist. And then I realized it was much too narrow. And um, I practice some uh, what's called rapid resolution therapy. If you all don't know about it, Google it. Um, It has to do with being in the present. Not in recall, but you got to be in reality, and knowing the difference. So I do that. Um, I do couples, family, individual uh, in in my office, post COVID, and and a lot of uh, teletherapy. And um, I'm pretty eclectic. I'll do whatever works.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to get onto the books in in a minute because obviously you've got eight uh, best-selling books and award-winning books um so let's just talk about your therapy practice for for a moment what's the biggest challenge you're facing in the therapy world or in your practice at the moment
1: it is really hard for people to one accept themselves if they have eating disorders and are higher weight and i'm very fussy about language i don't say overweight or fat neutral terms lower higher It's very hard to move from having an overeating disorder to eating normally. I mean, it just takes, not for everybody, but for many people, it takes a long time. And it's a tremendous amount of work changing not just your eating, but your entire life. You know, the way you talk to yourself, your relationship with people, um, sort of like you have to throw out all of it and rebuild.
2: Yeah, that, so it's the way you talk to yourself and the way you, you help them. Do, do you use affirmations? Do you help them develop self-love, higher self-esteem? Okay, no. How, what is your approach? Yeah,
1: well, for us, it's one thing I do. is People always say, you know, oh, I need to do this. I should do it. You know, that external pressure, external motivator. So I do this with them. Oh, I right. have my little sign, and I have the words that they are better off not using. Should have to must can use from internal want, desire, um, um, prefer a lot of positive words. Um, So I don't do affirmations. And uh, you know, you touch on something, it's hard to get people who have not been loved well to love themselves. Absolutely. So um, a lot of work on self compassion. Kristin Neff's fabulous book on self-compassion. Um, and um, slowly, you know,
2: people change mm-hmm. in spite of themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so we found too, as therapists, you know, it's so hard to look after our own mental health when we're working so hard to keep other people healthy. How do you look after your own mental health and do you have any, any tips for mental health in the world today?
1: I'm lucky to have my father's genes, which I call the happy genes. My mom was Uh very anxious and I don't have that. So um, I think a lot of it really is genetic. I'm I'm sort of an optimistic, upbeat person. Um, I I try to tick off all the boxes. I love to write, so it's wonderful, you know, I, I can, Oh, I want to write a blog. You know, I blog a lot. I have about eighteen hundred blogs. So, oh, you know, wow, that's wow. a pleasure. Yeah, wow. I take hula and tap on Zoom. I take at least one or two dance classes. I exercise every day for about forty-five minutes. Um, I have lots of friends. Um, I have a wonderful husband. Um, You know, I don't know that there's really anything else. I mean, I feel fortunate that I'm comfortable financially. Um, So, you know, life is not perfect, but um, it's our job to make whatever we have okay, because why wouldn't you? Right. Right.
0: I love that. You live in Florida and you dance. That's all you need to know. Right, right.
1: Yes, Yes. but indoors.
0: Sunshine and dance. There you go. It's done.
1: (laughs) Too hot outside.
0: Too hot. Oh my goodness. we're in the UK. So we're not used to heat.
1: (laughs) I know. Uh I I know. Um,
0: Using. I lived in Boston, so I know cold. Yeah. Well, there you go. I I actually do like the cold, but it's usually when there's snow and you can like go skiing on it. That's that's different.
1: Yes. (laughs) I'm an ex-skier. I loved it.
0: Oh, skiing and dancing. I love it. Now, using hypotheticals and no identifying factors. What's an example of a a really good success story that you've had in your practice?
1: Well, it's one that just happened the week last week or the week before. So people who diet are just used to told what to do. Right. I mean, if I do this, I'll get what I want. And it's not just about dieting. It's the rest of their life. It's sort of how they're brought up. Mm -hmm. So there's not a lot of me there. It's always you. You tell me. So I have a client who has been doing that for the longest time. Uh, She's read every book, listened to every podcast, taken the courses. So she said to me, you know, I just want to find out what I want what I want for breakfast, how much I want to eat. And this was a revelation and it's just been so helpful to her. And she's done it in a lot of other areas. Sometimes eating is the last to go. So it's, it's just been great to see her tuning into herself. Mm. It sounds so simple, but as you both know, it's sort of an end point. It's not usually a starting point. Right. Right. Would you say
0: that that self-love is like the cornerstone of all of your work?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Pretty much. I mean, that's for all all of us. We want to love ourselves. Um, And sometimes, as a therapist, you're the first person to really love and value. who's had a rough life. Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And it's just by that process that they start to see value in themselves.
0: Mm. Um, It's a gift
1: we give people.
2: I agree. Self-love and turning anger and fear into love. Mm. Yeah. So, compassion. right. And as far as marketing your practice, what has been your most successful marketing technique to help you grow your practice? And what are your plans for expansion in the future?
1: Well, it's definitely a two part question for me
2: because um, I've,
1: I've done a lot of uh, interviews, I've written articles, um, writing my books has helped get my name out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and as for the future I'm actually semi-retired I'm not taking new clients I'm promoting my books that's what I want I have another book that I don't want to write of course you need time to write a book and I haven't had time and it's on um, pride which to me is the underrated emotion You know, because we're all brought up you no know, don't be too proud of yourself don't mm-hmm. boast And I think it's exactly what we need to feel truly proud. And um, so I've outlined my next book and, um, you know, that's the direction that um, I'm going in. I guess writing, writing more.
0: Love -hmm. it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Let's talk about books, because obviously you're a prolific award-winning writer and, and, you know, the books have been obviously the uh, mainstay of your, of your practice. Where do you get your ideas for the books? And then how do you develop those ideas? How do you put them together into a a finished product?
1: The the idea has just come to me. I, you know, gee, I think this is what people need. Um, And so I started with my first book, which was the basics of rules of normal eating. Just the basics. How do you know you're hungry? How do you know what you want to eat? How do you know when you're full or satisfied? And then a little while later, I thought, gosh, there's this whole emotional piece that oh, you can't eat normally. So then I wrote the Food and Feelings Workbook. And then I noticed that I have mostly female clients, no surprise, um, but, you know, in the eating disorder world. Gee, um, all these, I was doing a workshop and I said to, went around the room, I said, "We're eight women, tell me something that, you, you know, Quality about yourself, and they all went. I'm nice. I'm nice. Eight, eight times around the room, and I thought, this is not. You, you got to be color with more than one crayon here. You know, well, you yeah. got the whole box. So um, I wrote, "Nice girls finish fat. So you know, and then I read it. I realized people need life skills and then self-talk. So my last book um, is "Words to Eat By." And then the other book was about intrapsychic issues: people not wanting to give up being fat because it means they have a they have problems, and people know they suffer. I mean, it's really the underlying stuff. And then I wrote two books for um, practitioners. So as long as the ideas
2: coming, keep coming, I'm in luck. Right? Wow, that's fascinating. You, you've really touched a lot of people through your books, especially if they've been can written in 10 languages. That's that's pretty impressive. So not all of them are in 10, you know, but it's a total of 10. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really been exciting for me. Mm -hmm. Right. And you mentioned, you mentioned Christine Neff, um, tell us a little bit about the best therapy books you've ever read and why, what are some other books you've followed and enjoyed?
1: I, I was just talking with a client about one of my favorites and, you know, they become favorites because they're the recent ones. And, um, it's called Us by Terry Real. It is a great couples book because it speaks to the men in the couple. Oh, it's right. usually the women. They're dragging the guys right to couples therapy. But this one is just remarkable with how many of my clients, partners or husbands have changed because of it. Um, it's a great, great book. He's written a lot of others. Um, and my favorite other book is a recent, um, fiction. I read a lot of fiction. Um, Demon Copperfield by Barbara Kingsolver. I, I just wanted to do nothing but read that book. And it was, it's a, uh, it's a sort of take off on David, David Copperfield. It's, it's Demon Copperhead. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's a, it's a terrific book.
0: Now, you mentioned that you were thinking about another book already. So can you tell us what the title is or are you allowed to do that? Do you you have to release your title? I don't know
1: what the title is. I have lists of
2: titles.
1: (laughs) Uh, Whenever I'm in a waiting room at the doctor's, you know, I write down something. At at some point, it'll just come into my head and it'll, you know, hopefully be the right titles. I've been very fortunate to come up with um, interesting titles. And I've outlined it. And um, it's a lot of research. That's the part I don't like. So I might, I can find that out. Believe me, I'll try to. But, um, and I don't know when I'll do it, but I'll do it at some point. How long does it take you to write your books, roughly? Do you know when I was younger, I could do a a rough draft in a week? Oh, wow. Really? Wow. That's Yes. That's great. Yeah. I would just get up and write, eat, write, you know, um, now that I'm older, several, several weeks, maybe a month. Feel um, <laughs> good. That's a whole still...
2: month. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, but they're not, you know, they're not long research books. I mean, so, I, but that feels like a, you know, you get up every day and that's all you're doing. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, you know, it, it feels very doable to me. And um, um, I don't know if you know the author, Annie Lamott. Anyway, she wrote a book called Bird by Bird, which is about how to write a book. She talks about shitty first drafts. And that's what you want. You want not a lot of effort. You, you know, it can be really crappy, but you just want to get it down. So I have been, that's, I followed her way of doing it. So. Yeah. Somebody else might take longer because it would be more perfect, but I'm not into perfect.
0: Well, I'll tell you, a month Damien, is still
2: pretty I, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we yeah have I guess. Many times, yeah, that you don't edit as you write. You you do the stream of consciousness kind of thing and you get it all out. And then when you get to the end, you go back and perfect and edit. Yeah, we have heard that and we have recommended that to a lot of our clients who are writing yeah. books. Yeah, Damien has helped four different people so far maybe five four that i know have become amazon number one bestsellers. six wow. now six now That's Six. Great. yeah that happens quickly yeah
0: yeah 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 Yeah. and we're, we're working on another one at the moment so <laughs>
2: nice. and this one's a fiction yeah,
0: wonderful this one's a fiction it's actually an allegory so it's uh, it's interesting <laughs> and you you get to read them i do yes and this yeah. one's even more interesting because my daughter is on the front cover
2: <laughs> oh nice She's so <laughs> on the front cover
0: of the book. Yeah, it's uh, and and the children are actually the ones that end up saving the world. So it's uh, it's, it's an interesting book. Um, and in terms of your obviously your plans for 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 the future, you say you're semi-retired. You you love writing um, books. I've got I've got to ask you this question: What do you think of? I mean, we use things like ChatGPT as inspiration. We use it as uh, you know, it comes up with ideas, and it's really really useful. Have you used artificial intelligence? Or are you using it in any way? Um, I,
1: if I am, I don't know. I am <laughs> no, I, I, my, I have an extremely active mind. I can't. I don't have enough time to do all the stuff. One day in about one year, I I wrote ten songs. I I failed music, so that tells you how unmusical I am. And they just poured out of me. Wow. And then I had to stop because I wanted, you know, I had to do other things. So I have you know, the the only thing I want to do is take a sculpture class.
2: Because <laughs> I did
1: that once and I I loved it. But um I'm just really happy living my life as it as it is. Um I feel very lucky to be creative. I don't know what people do their time; <laughs> They're not, but you know? Yeah. Um so I feel the future will have other ideas for me
0: as well well karen well, you've we're, certainly we certainly
2: helped a lot of people
1: yeah. you
0: have helped so no, many thank people. you i mean your so your author page is is fantastic we're going to share that in in the uh, the show notes together with your youtube channel your linkedin your facebook as well so we're going to share all of those links um do you have audiobooks versions of your books at all available for a few of them i for a few of them i do okay um, so I, I haven't really
1: followed that um, um so uh, you know it's sort of like and you you hear this from writers I know you do I've written it on to the next idea right <laughs> you know I' do, I'm not somebody I mean I promote my books but I'm much my juice comes from writing the next thing yeah absolutely so um well I appreciate what you do I mean you know look at all the people that you serve. Mm -hmm. in very short spans of time you know but really as you you said before multitudes
0: well this is it and and i think because the world of mental health is becoming i think more mainstream i think you know sort of 20 30 years ago it was uh it was a a bit of an add-on whereas nowadays you know it's like going to the gym i mean people i think are realizing that that having a mind gym is the same as you know working out your mind is exactly the same thing as your body and why wouldn't you want any help with that? Why wouldn't you want a personal trainer for your mind? <laughs>
2: exactly. Mental
0: fitness. Absolutely.
2: Mental
0: fitness. Karen, you're an absolute enigma. We love you. Thank you so much for taking the time to to share your yes, story with you. us. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll look forward to sharing all of your all of the links uh, to your work. It's absolutely fantastic, and we appreciate you for everything you've done and and are still doing in the world of mental health. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you. And
2: thank you for the work that
1: you do. I appreciate oh,
2: it. Thank you. Do you want to give us your website? Sure. www.karenrheynig.com. Okay.
0: Fantastic. And we'll pull all those links in the show notes as well. Yeah, okay. Sounds- Karen, yes. thank you, thank so, you much. so much. I really appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah. Yes. All Bye right. now.
0: Take care. I'm- Bye. Bye. If you would like to take part as a guest on the Therapist of Millions podcast, simply email me, damien at com, as Damien with two A's, as all of the guests on the show will get three months free access to our Therapist of Millions membership worth $300. So if you would like to know how to write a best selling book, secure a TEDx talk, create membership sites with content you don't even have to create, build client acquisition funnels, effective lead magnets, or your very own podcast and way more besides, why not head over to thetherapistofmillions.com and join our community of like-minded professionals. And if you'd like an additional $20 off your membership, simply type in the coupon code PODCASTLISTENER at the checkout.